Welcome to the Connections podcast. I'm Giles Hegarty and I'm joined as always by my good friend Max Brown. Good evening, Max. Good evening, Giles. Uh, this is our third episode and uh, we are extremely fortunate to have our first guest uh, joining us tonight who uh, we will get to in a moment. Um, I just want to say once again a massive thank you to all the people that took the time to download episode two. Um, the feedback once again has been has been overwhelming um, and uh, we're really touched that people have, have taken the time to listen and, and reach out um, to let us know what they think. So thank you very much indeed. Um, to this week's episode and to this week's guest, uh, to a, a young man who I had the pleasure of meeting a couple of years ago um, and we'll talk about that I'm sure. He's one of the biggest up-and-coming stars in Leicester Tigers at the moment. He'll hate me saying that. Um, hot off the back of two European victories. Uh, we're really fortunate to have Ollie Chesham joining us tonight. So, Ollie, thanks ever so much for coming on. No, my pleasure, mate. It's good to, uh, good to see you boys again. You too, mate. You too. Um, so, I, I alluded to it then. We met a couple of years ago. Um, you were selected to be part of the England County squad, the same as Max. Um, and uh, we're sort of going to start there to get an understanding of where, where, where you've got yourself to with, you know, coming off the bench last weekend against Connaught for Tigers. Yeah, so what would it have been, 2019? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like you say, got together with those boys with the uh, with England counties, and I suppose that sort, of, that sort of period of time for me was where it all kicked off. I had... Um, you know the opportunity to go away with you guys and play against play against Ireland. Meanwhile, I was doing a few little bits with the Tigers Academy back home, um, just sort of on trial. Um, unfortunately, sort of after the county stuff that got back, that sort of that sort of fell away. But they put me in touch with with Knotts, um, who at the time were in when the championship or or still are. Um, and luckily at that point, it was um, it was a full time environment. So they sent me there. I got. Got to experience that for a year, um, or well, I say a year until until our good friend COVID kicked in in January. Um, well, January is when my season ended with them. I went away with um, the England Twenties, did a couple of camps with them. Unfortunately, didn't get to play. Um, and then Tigers approached me and asked if I'd I'd come and join them for a year. And obviously, you know, a young lad from the Tigers catchment area. I've grown up watching Tigers. It was a no-brainer for me. And that's where it all started, really, with that with them. Um, pre-season of 2020, I sort of started my journey with them on the restart period when we were catching up from the season that had been cut short with, with COVID. Um, and then that's it, really. I've just sort of been, been plugging away and, and been fortunate enough to get a, to get in a few, few opportunities in, in recent weeks. So it's been good. It's really interesting listening to you talking there about how it, it's not been a smooth path. Um, you know, there's plenty of cases we hear about with guys who just, they're always destined for, for greatness. But for you, it's been, you know, I was sort of aware of the stuff going on with Tigers, the little bits and bats while you were with, with counties. Um, but, uh, you know, you've, you've stuck in, I guess, and you've, you know, you've dealt with some rejection. And I, I know we'll probably talk on that, on, on what that was like in a few minutes, but it's just great. I think it's, a, oh, you're a really great advert for people to, to know that sometimes you just got to dig in and, and keep going and, and see where it gets you. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I I just sort of, I never took anything for granted in that period. I wasn't expecting 
it to go anywhere, really. I'll be honest with you. After after the county stuff, we sort of all said our, our goodbyes and we'll catch up soon. And I, I fully expected to be going into into full-time employment with the family back home. So um, I guess from that point on, any, anything that sort of came my way was just a bit of a bonus. And that's, that's I guess, how I see it is, you know, I didn't ex- expect to be in the in the position I am now. So, you know, if I get picked to play next weekend, it's a, it's a, it's a bonus for me. I mean, it's a massive opportunity and that's how I see it, you know. I'm not sort of taking anything for granted at this point and I never have done really since since being turned away by the academy, I suppose. Um, it just made you realise that you've got to sort of grab sort of any opportunity that comes away and make the most of it. You know, and England Counties was was one of those opportunities. I know Max will, will speak the same about the programme. That was the most, I think that was the most fun I've had in a rugby shirt today. Obviously, the experiences I've had now have been, have been massive and some of the best experiences I've had. But in terms of just playing rugby with mates and having... Having a laugh, that was the pinnacle for me, really. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that tour, we all got so so close on it. Um, one thing I was going to ask you was, what's the biggest jump that you've had along that process of going from counties to now starting in European games? What's the biggest jump you've had? Is it like, what's the biggest difference? I'd say just... The physicality, I suppose, when I look back, when I played England Counties, I was the same height as I was now, but I was probably 15 kegs lighter. And that's just been the biggest jump for me, is having to just adapt physically, sort of put yourself through that, that full-time sort of training programme where you're in the gym and what have you, and to try and, you know, rugby's a game where you've, you know, we played at our level. Lads, you've got, you've naturally got, think, you know, the game in you. It's just in terms of, physically having to adapt, like the fitness, the, you know, the size of the guys we're playing with. Like I look back now when I was with Counties and we thought we were playing against some big lads when we played the Irish team. And it was just baffling now to think that was two years ago. And now you're playing against, you know, some of the, the bigger names, like to think I've played against like you like some Billy V, who I used to watch on the TV and just watch him eat blokes. And now, yeah. so I've played against him, it's, it's mental, yeah. Yeah, and on that journey, sorry, go on. I was just Man, going to ask, just, just, sorry, just give our, give our listeners a, an idea, Ches, of how tall you are, mate, so they can get a picture. Uh, six, seven, I think. I mean, I'm two metres on the dot. I think it's oh, just about one. six, seven. <laughs> what are you weighing in at? I'm going to claim, I'm going to claim it's about 118 at the minute, so I'm on the light side. My, um, my younger brother, I don't know if you'd have remembered seeing him, Giles, he, so he's now shot past me height-wise. He's like six, nine. True. And uh, he's... 123 kegs. He's massive. Mate. He's just he had a he's, he was 116 about two months ago, three months ago, and he had a, an ankle injury. And he's just piled it on, mate. The kid's enormous. <laughs> it's the future engine room for the Tigers, that mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah mate, hopefully, hopefully. Sorry, Max. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, along with the kind of the physicality side of it, along the process, what was the biggest jump? Was it kind of going from not really playing too much like county stuff they're doing counties or going counties to tigers tigers and knots kind of what was the biggest development kind of jump for you i would say uh yeah i'd say counties to knots but then again knots to tigers was equally as big a jump but i'd say going from that you know just playing schoolboy counties club rugby to then jumping into a full-time professional environment that was the the biggest jump for me sort of even though not it wasn't the most professional setup in the sense that they didn't have the the money, the budget and the facilities that Tigers have got now to still be training every day and but to have gone from, you know, I used to play at club rugby where sometimes I didn't even turn up to training the weekend. You just played on a Saturday and then the next time you touch a rugby ball was the next game 
the, the following week to then be touching a rugby ball every day and training every day. Was, yeah, that was the biggest jump for me. What about the 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 pressure? How's that? How has that manifested since that county's tour? Um, I think there's more expectation now that you you play. Now that I'm playing for Tigers, obviously you, you put the shirt on, and you know you know how how big a club Tigers is. You know people expect that if you play in that shirt, you're good enough to play, good enough to represent them. So if you don't meet expectations, then I guess that applies some sort of pressure. But I don't tend to think about that too much. Um, I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself at the start. Um, I think I expected too much for myself um, when I first started playing for Tigers, and that resulted in just nerves, like uncontrollable nerves. I remember, like I say, my, my first sort of three games for Tigers came in that restart block um, when they were sort of finishing games off that hadn't been played before COVID hit. So I played Bristol Wasps and Gloucester in that, um, that block, all away fixtures, and they we put a relatively young side out and they played against, they played their pretty much their first teams against us. And I was playing against some big names and I, for some reason, expected myself to go out there and just rip it up. And obviously that was never going to happen. I wasn't, I wasn't big enough at that point. I was just, I'd only just sort of started learning at Tigers and that I didn't deal with that well enough. I, I you know, like I say, it resulted in these just uncontrollable nerves. Mate. I mean, honestly, before kickoff, I, I was hoping and praying that, the game was going to be cancelled before I walked out onto the pitch. I was just that nervous. But then, obviously, as soon as it kicks off, you're you're well and away. Um, and I think I've, I've de- well, I'm not. I think I definitely have got way better with with dealing with that now. The nerves, obviously, there's nerves there. There's always nerves. There's always pressure um, that I put on myself to do to do as well as I have in the training week and to do as well as I have in the week before playing. Um, but yeah, I've learned to to deal with that so much better now and just sort of focus on. One, what how I think I performed. You know, I, you're, I think you, you're your own best best critic in the sense that you know you know when you you're at your best and you know when you weren't. But then, just what the coaches and my teammates think. Don't think about what anyone else has to say. You know, even even my parents. You know, they're always going to say I had a good game regardless of whether I turned out and played crap. You know what I mean? They're always going to say, you know, you had a good game. And so for me, I just sort of focus on one, what I think; two, what my teammates think; and three, what my coaches think. And if if they think you had a good game, then that's as good as it can be, really, I suppose. Something that I think I thought I did quite well on that county store was kind of detaching yourself from the game. As you say, like taking the expectation off yourself and kind of just focusing on what the game actually is. Um, as you say, that expectation for you to play well, I don't think that helps at all. Um, I was just wondering like, if there's anything you do now to stop those nerves and to stop that wanting the game to be cancelled is there any like routines or like habits or kind of anything you do pre-game that causes you to kind of control that nerve um yeah um we work with you know as we work with um the coaches at, at tigers and some guys off field and i just sort of um i was never a big note taker before um for now but i kind of just before a game this little structure I do sort of it'll be match day minus one where I just sort of structure and sort of look at what I can control and what I can't control um before a game you know I can't control who they play the referee the weather that day you know the result to an extent I can't control that you know you can have an influence on it by doing your job right but I can't I can't control that um the crowd for example if I'm playing like the other week we played away in Bordeaux French crowds are, are mental um completely different to what we've got here. 
I can't control whether 25,000 turn over or, or 25. So I just sort of list all that stuff down um, and, and stick it in a box and just forget about it. And at the same time, I write down what, what I am able to control. So for me, the, the main areas of my games, my attack, defence, line out for me. Um, and, you know, sort of list what I can control and, and go through those sort of sequences. Um, and that, for me, just helps with nerves. Because I, I think when I look back on it now, that's what was getting me so nervous is I was thinking about the stuff I can't control, you know. I was thinking about what the crowd could be like. I was thinking whether, you know, if I was playing Gloucester that week, I was like, are they going to play Johnny May? Are they going to play, you know, Ollie Thorley, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're big names. And I was like, it's, it's pointless. You know, I don't, I don't have an influence on that. So why am I... Why am I even bothering thinking about it? Focus on the stuff that I can control. And I do that now religiously before a game, um, either on game, depending on what time we kick off, I'll do it on the on the day of the game or the night before. Um, and then just before we go out for warm-up, I'll flick through that. Um, but other than that, all my other routines, I don't really, I, well, I say other routines, I don't really have any. Like my, my match day structure will be very much the same as in, um, obviously, again, it varies with kickoff times, but it's, you know, eat, you know, we go through our like, activation processes, blah, blah, blah. But other than that, I don't really have any routines, but that's the one thing I do religiously before before a game. No, I like that. I think you can apply that to kind of other stuff as well, not just in sport. Taking control of what you can is like a massive thing for anyone to do, regardless of like what you're trying to achieve. I think doing that in your life for any reason is really healthy and being able to write it down and get it, actually get it out is, I think that's awesome. It's really interesting. You, know, you two have got this from a playing perspective. I've seen, I see it from a coaching point of view where we have very little control on, on match day. And I, like you just, I, you know, I make notes and we have a fairly, you know, every program I've been involved in, we've had a fairly clear structure on how we're going to run a, a match. But even then, you know, the, the lack of control is it breaks me, you know, because you've literally got no influence. You can send messages on, whether, you know, technical, tactical, fine, but no one's going to, um, no one's necessarily going to listen to them because players have got the feel in the, in the game and you've got to trust them to go and do their, their, do their jobs. Um, and it, that lack of control, I think, has meant that I've been really fortunate. I've been involved in some massive games in some really cool places and I probably haven't enjoyed any of them at all like that counties tour i think i mean personally i felt under an enormous amount of pressure self-imposed pressure but I, it was just i hated every second of those games it was horrible you know because there was no control of of what was going to happen on the field really once the whistle went yeah no i i, I can Totally. Obviously, like I say, from a completely different perspective, but I can relate. I can relate with that. That's I've just put so much pressure on myself, and I actually like Max. Thinking back to what you said there about how you were able to sort of pull yourself like away from that game and disconnect yourself. Like I look back on that county tour, and obviously, I was fortunate enough to 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 captain the side for those two tests, and um, I've then been fortunate enough to sort of experience leadership at the, at the top level in terms of I've been able to see what leaders are like at that level. And like I, if I had my time again, like I wish I could go back and sort of, you know, I remember just how emotionally connected we all were to the game. You know, for a lot of us, like we were just before counties, we were just playing for our schools. Like for me, my school wasn't a rugby school. 
So I was just playing for my club, and then all of a sudden to be in a changing room with the with an England shirt on. I just remember that first game, you know, lads were almost in tears when we sang the national anthem in the sheds because we weren't allowed to do it on the pitch. And I just remember how emotionally attached I became to the game. And I think that's, if we look back on that first test, I think that's probably what our, our Achilles heels is. Boys were almost too proud to be going out there and playing and we completely forgot to turn up and play rugby for the first sort of 40 minutes. And I wish I was sort of able to, to sort of disconnect myself from the occasion at that point. Um, because looking back, I was quite good at geeing boys up in terms of getting them ready to go out. But actually, I don't think boys needed geeing up for that game. Do you know what I mean? I think we were already ready enough. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I think that ability that you had, Max, because again, like, what were we, 18, 17, 18? To have that ability back then, I wish I could have had that when I first started playing um, Prem games for Tigers, because I think it would have helped me massively. Yeah, I think I remember being on tour and being... Like it's a huge game, biggest game of my life, but ultimately it is just a game. And if you, I don't know if you listen to the High Performance podcast, but Dan Carter did an episode where he did that for the World Cup final, where he literally just pulled himself back and he said, ultimately, we win or lose, it's a game. It's a huge game, obviously, but as I say, that control, being able to pull yourself back from that, and now you being able to say, like, I wish I could do that, shows the development that you've had from that Tigers kind of environment. Um but yeah, it's interesting that you say, Giles, it's the worst kind of, well, not the worst, but the most intense kind of nerve-wracking experience you've had. And then Ches saying it's the genuinely the most enjoyable experience you've had playing rugby. Um, so I, w- I would have thought that playing with Tigers in these European games would have been kind of beating that, but maybe not. I think it's a different kind of enjoyment in the sense that, um, you know, back then rugby was a hobby. Now I do it, I do it full time, so the enjoyment's completely different in terms of like obviously I get massive joy out of, of like like I say Bordeaux the other night was crazy running out in front of twenty five thousand or how many they had there, you know, playing with lads now that are some of my best mates in front of massive crowds, you know, your families are watching watching back home on TV and they were top of the table and all those sort of factors and you know the fact that it's a European game, obviously it's so enjoyable and they will be some of my best rugby memories but prior to that prior just back to when I was just playing rugby purely for the enjoyment of playing rugby um that was the pinnacle for me England counties it was it was literally like you hear how blokes sort of describe um the professionals describe a barbarians tour where they go away and it's just like going back to good old days like playing rugby with their mates and that's exactly what counties was it was just a load of mates and just playing rugby and we were fortunate enough to be wearing the white kit when we were doing it, it was it was unreal. Like I say, some of the laughs and some of the, the things we did on that tour were, were memories I'll I'll savor forever. Yeah, it was good crack in the end. Yeah, it was, it was half decent. <laughs> eh? in the end, yeah. in the end. I don't know if I don't know, I don't know if we'd be saying the same if we'd lost that second test. But yeah, oh, no, no. yeah <laughs> let's let's not go there. <laughs> um, so you've you've talked about how you can try and manage manage your nerves and manage your pressure on on game day how you're in a shed with some some serious pros you know seasoned pros is there anything that you've seen that really you think sets them apart yeah like the um, you know like the professionalism like you, the likes of George Forth or something like he's probably most professional people first people yeah I've ever I've ever met um in terms of just 
his diligence and his, you know, the detail he goes into just his game. Um, and he spreads that amongst amongst the team. He makes you want to go into that sort of level of detail with your game because ultimately if you don't, then you're not able to sort of perform with him. Um, and obviously I don't think many players come close to him. He's just a different level. But, um, you know, it's not just natural talent. But the bloke puts in unbelievable hours to his game and that's the same for the loads of boys. Like, um, you know, like Nick, uh, Freddie Stewart, Nick Dolly, two lads that have just played um, with England in the in the autumn series, they're exactly the same. Um, I think Genji joked about it on a podcast or on a video, but um, you know, Dolly's like, attention to detail with his recovery is mental. The guy just goes through so many different things to make sure he's he's fit and ready to to train or play the next week. And it's just a level of professionalism. And you know, people assume that to get to that level, it's just a lot of it's just natural talent. And then you know. But it's really not when you get into that environment, you see how hard the boys work to be at that top level. And like, luckily for me, I'm able to to work with, you know, Ellis Genge, George Ford, you know, and, and Dan Cole, Tom Young's guys who were sort of in that last era of England players who are, you know, Coley's a season pro, um, the detail of the, the definition of a season pro, if you like. He's been there, done that with everything, World Cup finals, Six Nations, Grand Slams. And he's still applies himself, I assume, the same as he did when he was sort of 23, 24, because he's still just works as hard as anyone else. And yeah, he's he's been there, done that. He could probably quite easily take a step back, but his professionalism and the same with, like I say, all the other big sort of name pros in the club is is crazy. And, you know, do you think? And I am going to simplify it. That it is as simple as you know, you can only control what you can control and that is in this case it's hard work yeah I, I guess so yeah like, um, like you say you don't have any other outside of things you can control you have little to or no control so if you can take what you do have control of and work what your hardest at it then ultimately you're going to reach your your full potential because you know, they are the things you can control like you can't control injuries um setbacks like that but you like say you can control how hard you go in the gym tomorrow how hard you train how hard you recover post training to make sure the next day's training you're you're fit and ready to go um and ultimately if you don't then you're leaving something out there that you know is wasted and you could have you could have used to be to be even better so yeah i guess it is as simple as you know taking what you can control and, and sort of working your best with it you, I think I may have said this to you guys before we played Ireland. I've, you know, it's something I've said to a lot of people over the years that you know, nerves generally mean one of two things. Either it matters to you or you're kidding yourself because you know you've not put your prep in. Um, you know, nerves, pressure. And we're, you know, we are predominantly talking about pressure tonight. You know, nerves and pressure tend to go hand in hand. I think to me, just listening to what you're saying there, Ches, it really is, you know, that is the personification of it. You boys are working hard and therefore the nerves are, it's because it, it matters playing in, in playing for Leicester Tigers. You know, I, I'm a I'm a Leicester boy. I grew up in Oadby. I, I was born over the road at Leicester Royal Infirmary. You know, I'm a I'm a Tigers fan. And um 
you know, it, it, when Tigers were, were struggling over the last few years, it, it hurt a little bit to me. And I'm not pulling on the shirt week in, week out. Um, for you guys that are doing that, the nerves are because it matters playing for, playing for Tigers. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like a feedback loop in a sense. Like if you do the prep and you've got the, as you say, the recovery and the hard work, then that feeds into the nerves and then you don't have as much nerves and then your prep's even better and then your performances come come through with that. Um, I think it's really interesting to hear kind of how you always hear it, kind of how hard these boys work and the best, uh, kind of the hardest workers in the room. But when it's actually in practice, it's, um, you can see the results from it, can't you? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the hard work is is a massive factor you know if you don't you don't work hard you don't see the results and like you say if you're not working hard enough off the field then that probably contributes to that anxious nervous feeling at the weekend because like you say George you, you probably know within yourself that you've you've not done what's required to to give your best performance at the weekend and obviously at, the, at this level it's so competitive like if you don't give your best performance on a weekend the likelihood is you're not playing again next weekend and then you're back to square one, so. What's it like ma managing that? You know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk from players over the years that have said, you know, the pressure to perform week in, week out is something they really struggle with because they knew if they, if they weren't at the top level, you know, maintaining that performance, they get, they get the chop. What's that like being in? Uh, I don't think too much about it most obviously I'm at that stage where I'm just getting a few opportunities here and there yeah um and so for me personally it's just all about making the most of those those individual opportunities you know um I, like I said earlier I don't really take anything for granted so I most definitely don't take selection for the following week for granted even if I was to have a a good a good a good game the week before um but um in terms of handling it obviously you know the disappointment's a massive factor. You have to learn to sort of cope with that. Is that you know, I I want to play every weekend, but I know that's that's not going to happen, um, and you have to sort of accept those reasons. But then that disappointment from you know, if you do get the if you do get the chop, you sort of channel it into into next week's training, and then when you're on the pitch, not for one second are you thinking that you know a mistake you made two minutes ago is going to affect your Affect your selection next week. You know, again, like you might, I might, you might dwell on it after the game, the mistakes you made, and when when you go for your review stage and you look look back at the footage and whatnot, um, I might look back at those mistakes. I think it's important to look at the errors you made. I think it's quite easy to sort of brush them on the carpet. But um, uh, in terms of you know going out there with the you know that idea that if I don't perform well this week, I'm not in next week. That that never really crosses your mind. Um, and I, I don't know why, to be honest. Like, I think it's just obviously I, you get so caught up in the occasion and everything else you've got to do match day and everything else you've talked through in the week. That's the last thing on your mind. But um, I suppose if you're thinking, if you're thinking that way and you're putting that pressure on yourself to go out there and do everything perfect to reassure yourself that you know you might be in with a chance for selection, that's when I think things start to go wrong. Um, and again, that would be something that I'd stick in my in my in my can't control section, if you like, of my of my pregame is I can't control whether I'm selected next week. You know, I can certainly you can certainly have an influence on it by one training well and like say two performing well, but I, I don't 
players is we don't get to pick a team. And, and, you know, especially at this stage of my career, I definitely don't assume you're going to be selected or even in the, in the 23 for a weekend. Like I say, I just take the opportunities they come. But that would be something that I would sort of see as I can't control. I, don't, I can't control selection. So what's the point of putting that pressure on myself to go out there and perform purposely and, and solely for the reason of trying to get picked next week as opposed to performing well to help win that game or a certain period in the, in the match? I, I just I think that, again, that's just you're putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. And that's, mm. you know, when I go back to the start, is I was putting unnecessary pressure on myself at the start. And that's where I was getting these uncontrollable nerves where I was just a mess before games. I was almost looking forward to the final whistle because I knew at that point I wouldn't have to worry about nerves anymore, not for a few days anyway. Um, yeah, so I just think it's probably unnecessary to, to put that pressure on yourself. No, I think that's real healthy. I think being able to, what you're basically saying is you're living in the moment. You're just enjoying it when you get your opportunity. And then when when you're playing, just enjoying it in that moment. Um, and I think that was probably the difference on, on tour when we were in Ireland. The game between, the difference between the first game and the second game, one, we were way more controlled. But secondly, we just enjoyed it, that second game. We were just loving it, every moment of it. Um, but I think that's really important to kind of just stay in the now and kind of not focus too far in the future. Again, it leads to more nerves, kind of that that loop we were talking about. But um, as I said, living in the moment, that taking your opportunities as, as they come is so important. Um, yeah. One of the things we talked about last week, Ches, was was trying to have a bit of clarity and chaos. Um, you know, we talked about habits and, and Max's keen on breakfast um and you've talked there about how you you know you like to have your your pre-match control and uh, controllable and uncontrollable um and although this is a specific sport question uh, i think it is it does relate to to all walks of life um how much how much pressure do you guys get put under in practice during the week you know leinster they talk a lot about stews days with Stuart lancaster really putting them under the pump in terms of the intensity and that sort of thing so that they can make, you know, when the chaos is coming on, they can make, people can make really good decisions. And uh, I just wondered how much stuff you do like that. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't like one of the things I don't really think about what you're doing, but um, yeah, I suppose like the, you know, some of the drills and stuff we do, so sort of regards to set piece and stuff, um, some of them are put under the sort of time pressure. So, you know, we'll have, certain amount of line outs to do or try and get as many reps out as we can in a minute, for example, um, you know, so, or scenario based training, you know, so we're so many points down or um, there's so many minutes left on the clock. Um, we've got a line out, for example, you know, it's our line out with two points ahead, 30 seconds left on the clock, you know, puts under that pressure to perform. But then there's the other side, um, sort of, you know, that, the physical element where we're put under physical stress and then same again you've got to form the, the same sort of tasks um and i think that's hopefully shown in sort of the games we've played is um if you watch that is like our, our ability to sort of perform and we're at, you know our most fatigue i think the fitness you know um the work the lads do hasn't really gone unnoticed i don't think um everyone knows they're fitter than themselves but i think hopefully people could see that that's 
you know, the lads, the level of fitness we've got at the minute in the squad is 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 really good, sort of top level, and that's because you know the hard work we we go through in the week, the coaches put us through, has has got us to that point. One of the things we we like to do, Chez, is we we tend to find a quote. Um, Max is particularly good at this. So, Max, what have you found for us this week? Um, again, links to pressure. Um, it literally just states pressure is merely the shadow of great opportunity. Um, I think that sums it up quite well with you in that first game, kind of your first start for Tigers for your club, and then it's a great opportunity, but you're really nervous about it. But if you're able to, as you say, put that prep in, put that control in, control that pressure, how much you actually put on yourself, that great opportunity can kind of come through. Um, I think you've done that, mate. I think you smashed it. I think jumping from counties to a year of knots and taking those opportunities that we talked about in a previous episode, I think it's class. I think a lot of people can kind of take a leaf out of your book in the sense of taking those opportunities and controlling that pressure. That's right. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, Max has hit it on the head, mate. You know, the way that you bounce back from from some of the rejections that you've had, uh, and you know, to have got yourself to the place that you are. You know, the way you played at the weekend, and I'm, you know, I'm not blowing smoke because you you've come on the show, but I think you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah, you should. No, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. And you know, Giles, it's those. You know, um, I look back on the line and like it's you know the influence that that you had and coaches prior to that and you know coaches sort of in between where I'm now it's it's massive and the same with the boys I played with Max as well like um, I think we've all helped each other in a sense you know different things like you know we've all gone on to different paths but I'd like to think that you know all of us have had you know even if it's only a tiny influence an influence on on each other as as people and 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 what we've done or we've we've dev- certainly been part of memories and events that have definitely helped sort of influence us and shape us now and like I say you two boys were, were part of a massive one for me so no, thank you for that that's all good where do you um, just lastly before we close up what <laughs> you say you don't focus too much on the future but where do you see have you got a plan of action kind of where you want to go do you just want to keep playing the Tigers do you want to have you got any other kind of aspirations as to what you want to achieve um I don't know. Again, I don't spend too much time um, dwelling on the future. For me now, it's like it's, I'm sort of focusing on on doing my stuff now. But um, I suppose for me, I just want to be want to play the highest level I can. You know, um, you know, if if you if you dream small, you achieve small, and if you dream big, then you give yourself a shot at, at achieving big. So you know, I want to play at the top and. Um, for me at the minute, it's, it's encouraging that I'm playing with young lads alongside like George Martin, um, Freddie Stewart, Nick Dolly, uh, Dan Kelly, who are all lads in my year group um, at the club I play with who have had opportunities to play for England. And so, you know, they make you realise that it is achievable if you if you sort of work hard at it. Um, and so, you know, I'd love to be able to to play for England one day, you know, but it's uh, it's a long shot, but hopefully if you put the work in and, you know, you, you at least give yourself a shot. So that'd be the dream of mine, I suppose, is play for England and play, play at the top level. But who knows? Who knows? No, I'm a fan of that. Who have you got this weekend? Uh, this weekend, why is my mind just gone? Right? We've got Bristol. 
Bristol away. Boxing Day. <laughs> Box, Box, Boxing Day. Just, my mind went blank. Yeah, Boxing Day. Bristol away. Doesn't matter, mate. Whoever, whoever yeah. turns up, eh? Yeah, it's a big game, big game for us this week. Um, last question from me, Ches. Uh, you know, you're what, 21? So this might seem like a yep. bit of an odd question, but if you could, you know, young, a young Ollie Chesson, just starting out, what, what's the one thing you'd say to him? Um, yes, I'd say with, I'll stick with what I said earlier, is just not to put too much pressure on myself um, and not to put too much expectation on things, you know. Um, I think I'm quite harsh on myself. Um, you know, I, I beat myself up over, over tiny mistakes. And in reality, when you, when you pull yourself out of that situation, if you disconnect yourself, like Max says, he's able to, and you look back on it and, uh, with a sort of a different perspective, a different sort of mindset, um, you realise that actually it wasn't worth kicking yourself up and beating yourself up about. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, I just, I wish I hadn't put too much expectation on myself. Um, um, but then again, I have put that expectation on myself and I'm, I've got to the point I'm at now. So it must have worked in a sense. But I think um, doing it, it made it a lot harder for me. It made it a lot harder than what it could have been um, if I hadn't. So, yeah, that'd be my, my one bit of advice for, for me. For you now. <laughs> yeah, for me now. <laughs> for me two years ago. Yeah. Uh, cheers, mate. It's been great to catch up. Um, you know, we've we're watching from afar and uh, we're just wishing not, you know, you every success, but the Tigers as well. It's great. To, you know, I am biased, but it's great to see the Tigers flying again. Um, and uh, certainly good luck on, on Boxing Day. Hopefully you'll get yourself in the squad and, and rip into it. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, yeah, mate. Cheers, Appreciate bye. it. And thanks for, thanks for coming on. Have a, have a great Christmas. Uh, hopefully you'll get a little bit of downtime, a little bit of family time, I'm sure, and then uh, back to it. Yeah, no, mate. It was uh, it was my pleasure, and thanks for having me on, boys. It's like I say, it's been a uh, it's been a long while since we caught up, but but we'll have to do it again soon. Get yeah. some other boys involved, but um, yeah, have a good Christmas, boys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, man. It's been good talking right. to you. Cheers, Max. Thanks again, as always, um, and uh, and thanks to all our listeners. You can hit us up on Instagram um, at the Dot Connections Podcast, and uh, just finally to say a Merry Christmas to everybody.